The Honorable Chief Justice and Associate Justices of the Supreme Court of North Carolina. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, the Supreme Court of North Carolina has resumed sitting for the dispatch of business. God save the state and this honorable court. Good morning. Our next case is State of North Carolina XRL Utilities Commission versus Virginia Electric and Power Company DBA Dominion Energy North Carolina. Um, also Attorney General Josh H. Stein as the cross appellant. Uh, we will now hear from the appellant. Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court. I'm Brad Cutro from Charlotte, and with my colleagues here in Raleigh, Marilyn Grigg and Dixon Snuckles, I represent Dominion Energy of North Carolina. And I'd like to reserve eight minutes for rebuttal, please. Members of the court, two crucial aspects of utility regulation are consistency and predictability in the rate-making process. Consistency and predictability of cost recovery uh, are essential to maintain the regulatory certainty that is the foundation of the regulatory compact between the regulator and the utility. Here, however, the Utilities Commission abruptly deviated from its past decisions allowing for coal ash cost recovery all of which follow the EP's adoption of the CCR rule in 2015. In 2016, first, the commission said it was just and reasonable and in the public interest for Dominion, our client, to recover its CCR cost, amortized over five years and with a rate of return on the unamortized balance. It then held in two 2018 Duke Energy cases that it was just and reasonable for the Duke utilities to recover their CCR costs with the same five-year amortization and a rate of return. The commission itself referred to this as a precedent in its 2018 Duke Energy Carolinas rate order. And that rate of return and amortization period were later affirmed by this court in Stein. Together, these cases created a template and a precedent allowing recovery of prudently incurred CCR costs amortized over five years and with an earned rate of return. But in the 2020 issue, the 2020 order at issue here, the commission departed from that template. It doubled Dominion's amortization period and denied it any rate of return on that unamortized balance. It thus disallows 26% of Dominion's prudently incurred CCR costs from 2016 to 2019. And in doing so, the commission abandoned predictability. Nowhere in the commission's order do we find an explanation of why the commission decided to treat Dominion's similar CCR costs so differently and so disfavorably when compared to, Duke, to the Duke utilities, even though Duke's historic coal ash management practices and regulatory compliance were much more problematic and included significant environmental violations. The 2020 order thus creates inconsistency and unpredictability for Dominion and other, other utilities. It destabilizes the regulatory compact that instability and unpredictability will have damaging consequences for the utilities, for the capital markets, and ultimately for the ratepayers. The 2020 order is an abuse of commission discretion that should be reversed. This court should modify the order to provide Dominion the five-year amortization and rate of return that has been provided in the other predecessor cases. I'd like to begin with some discussion of the regulatory compact. It is the foundation of the relationship between- Mr. Kutrow, yes, before, 
Before you go any further, let me, I want to make sure I understand your argument. I had read your brief to suggest that the error that the commission committed in your view was a departure from various components of the prior dominion and Duke orders without making uh, findings and conclusions explaining why it elected to proceed differently. You just ask us to order, in effect, that the company be allowed to have its recovery of these costs structured in a particular manner. Are you arguing that the findings and conclusions were inadequate? Or are you arguing that the decision was substantively arbitrary and capricious? Both? Yes, Your Honor. We are what arguing that the legal error that we're, you are, what is exact legal error that you're alleging was committed here? Uh, Your Honor, it, we are under an abuse of discretion standard. Uh, but to be clear, the dictionary definition of capricious is to change abruptly and without apparent reason. And that's what the commission did here. Uh, a commission decision is arbitrary or capricious if it shows a lack of fair and careful consideration of the evidence or a failure to display reasoned judgment. And here, to depart from the amortization and rate of return approach that it had adopted in prior cases, the commission was required to have a reasoned basis for that departure to be reviewed by this court. We would submit, Your Honor, that the factual findings do not support the abrupt departure that occurred here, but we, we do argue that it was an abuse of discretion. Well, and I guess I guess the perhaps the reason for my possible confusion is assuming we were to agree with you that such findings were required and that they were not made. Would the remedy be to remand to the commission for further findings or would the remedy be to order a specific rate order order that a specific rate order be entered on remand? Well, Justice Irvin, both of those are possible remedies, but from Dominion's viewpoint, the, the record has been um, well uh, uh, built and is extensive and shows essentially that uh, the relevant considerations that supported the 2018 Duke orders and the 2016 Dominion order have not changed. Those facts are fundamentally the same, yet the Commission's 2020 decision was dramatically uh, different and, and frankly much more uh, uh, harmful to Dominion. And so uh, our our argument is that the that the record as it stands would support uh, an order from this court uh, directing the commission to adopt the same amortization period and most particularly the rate of return that we've already uh, that that was a part of the 2016 Dominion order and the 2018 Duke Energy. So, so it's so your argument in essence that the commission had no legal choice except to adopt the amortization period and return uh, provision that uh, you contend to be appropriate? Not against the background of the previous orders that it had made, Your Honor, because again, to talk about a, a minute about the regulatory compact, the hallmark of that should be consistent treatment and most importantly, the same treatment for the utility on the same or equivalent facts. And here, although there is a, a an extensive and we would certainly agree a more extensive record uh, behind this order than there was in 2016, the, the, the ultimate results of that fact, uh, fact building are the same. And what they show is that Dominion's uh, practices were consistently aligned 
with other utilities and with the expectation of its environmental regulators. Certainly when compared to Duke, um, it's a, it's a, uh, it compares uh, its environmental record and its record of historic coal ash practices compares very favorably. We're obviously in a new environment now post the EPA order, uh, but the ultimate, the, the facts of those historic management practices haven't changed. And that's why from Dominion's viewpoint, the same uh, rate making process should yield an equivalent uh, rate of return and amortization period for the utility. If I'm understanding correctly, then again, to understand from the outset, what Dominion's position is, uh, if I'm hearing correctly, that Dominion feels as though it is entitled uh, to the same treatment that was received in 2016 by Dominion and 2018 by Duke Energy, then what would be the position relative to our opinion of this court in Thornburg? that rate making is a legislative function, not a judicial function. And as a result, precedent does not typically apply, although helpful, but not necessarily dispositive. Yes, Justice Morgan, and that's certainly true. Concepts of precedent and stare decisis don't apply strictly to the Utilities Commission, but the Commission's decision are still subject to judicial review, and are still subject to the arbitrary and capricious standard of review in a way that that is not uh, that there are legislature's decisions are not. And that's the review that we're asking this court to conduct. And we think, again, based on the evidentiary record, what becomes clear is that there's no reasoned basis for the dramatic departure from the commission's previous decisions in 2016 and 2018. Again, the same amortization period and rate of return that was affirmed by this court in Stein. Do, do, you, do you know of any prior decision by this court that holds that the commission is obligated to treat decisions or uh, rate making decisions with respect to other decisions or uh, uh, other utilities as having the sort of precedential effect that your argument uh, assumes? Um, I'm not, Your Honor, but I think we're also in this specific area writing on um, something of a blank slate post the Stein, this court's Stein decision. Um, and, and this court is dealing with really a new and, and uniquely challenging problem in addressing uh, CCR cost recovery. Uh, I do think it's important that those traditional aspects of the regulatory compact, which really are driven by, by General Statute 62-2, be applied here to achieve consistent outcomes that will allow the utility to uh, make make operational decisions and make uh, CCR recovery decisions with some confidence that it will get the same treatment going forward that it historically had, or if there's an abrupt deviation from that or a deviation from that that's rooted in uh, an explanation and facts uh, that are different. And here, the fact, underlying facts uh, that pertain to, that, that relate to the 2016 order as, and the 2020 order are essentially the same. And I'd also note that there's nothing in the commission's order on appeal here that addresses the previous 2018 Duke orders. There's no reference to them or explanation as to why Dominion is being treated so differently and so much more harshly than the Duke utilities, particularly in light of the difference in those two utilities records of environmental compliance. On the question of whether the, um, commission's order 
is arbitrary and capricious because it doesn't explain the departure from the previous orders. I, I'm just um, eager to understand your what you think of the significance of the paragraph um, in the commission's order. It's at page 203 where they um, say that the evidence presented in DNNC's 2016 rate case on the industries and DNC's historical CCR practices and decisions was far less extensive than the evidence presented in the present case. And they go on to explain why, but they say that as a result, issues of prudence and reasonableness were not fully litigated and no significant evidentiary record was developed. Therefore, the commission finds that it would be inappropriate to give the 2016 rate case order precedential effect. Isn't that a reason and an explanation that means this is not arbitrary and capricious and are we sort of allowed to substitute like isn't our review just to ask did they give a reason um and not for us to say well we would have come up with a different reason or we don't agree with that reason i i understand uh the, your your question there justice earls raises uh a difficult question which is which is when is an explanation sufficient and i would say here that the first part of what the commission's order says is true this was a more extensive factual record but the the ultimate facts that were established with that were very much the same as they had been in 2016. There was no new problem uh, identified. There was no new environmental violation that had been uh, uh, uncovered in the in the more extensive evidence in 2020. But an important response to the rest of that is that there was no finding of imprudence. There nowhere, despite this extensive factual record, was there any finding that any of the cost expenditures by Dominion had been imprudent. In fact, the commission determined that that Dominion's uh, expenses had been prudent and reasonable, and that's part of the basis for Dominion's uh, request that they be recovered with the same amortization period and rate of return. The the um, their order makes reference to some questions about prudence, but it was never, and there was no party was ever able to establish that any of those costs were imprudently incurred. Uh, and in fact, no party established that any cost to ratepayers would have been greater because of anything that happened in Dominion's historic coal ash practices. If there had been those kinds of findings that might support a different treatment, Your Honor, but I don't see those in the record. But, but there, aren't you asking us to weigh evidence that was before the commission and, and isn't, you know, the, the, I, I thought we said in Stein, the commission had the discretion to, 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 to make the determination that it did, but that doesn't mean that it's legally bound to make that de determination. If it has the discretion, it can make a different determination in a different case. And I think Justice Searles, this case raises the question of, of how far does that discretion go? All of the opinions in Stein uh, agreed that the commission is not allowed uh, to roam in fields unfenced in its decision making, and and from Dominion's perspective, that's what has happened here with this abrupt and dramatic reversal, including some some findings that were made in 2016 that are completely reversed in the 2020 order without without explanation on essentially the same factual record and, and while we're while we're discussing stein uh, if you look at the end of the commission end of our discussion of the 
public staff's equitable sharing provision of a proposal when we discussed what the commission was entitled to do on remand. Uh, the opinion, at least as I read it, says in the event Commission concludes on remand to adopt the public staff's equitable sharing proposal, either as proposed or in some modified form, it may adjust other portions of its order, including those relating to the proposed management penalty, in order to ensure that the utilities rates are just and reasonable as that term is used in the Public Utilities Act. Uh, in the, given that language, uh, your argument seems to assume that the amortization period and the, and the ability to earn a return on the unamortized ballots was affirmed. And we did say that, the, certainly did say that the commission had the authority to do that on the record in the new case. But what's the effect of the language from Stein that I just read to you on your presidential authority argument? You're, you're exactly right, Justice Irvin. The opinion in Stein remains and leaves the issue of equitable sharing to, uh, to the commission. Ultimately, the commission did not adopt equitable sharing and the Duke matters were settled. What I'd right. say though, is that highlights two aspects of, the, of, of what the commission's order here doesn't do. First, it does not, uh, it does not adopt an equitable sharing approach. Specifically, in fact, it rejected the public staff's uh, arguments for an equitable sharing approach. So that's not what occurred. Second, there is no mismanagement penalty. The commission did not impose any mismanagement penalty, unlike the two Duke cases where it imposed in, in mismanagement penalties based on environmental violations and past practices totaling $100 million. So neither of those routes was taken by uh, the commission here, even though um, the, the Stein decision uh, certainly contemplates that it might at some point adopt equitable sharing, but that's not what it did here. There's no under, 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 the, under the Stein decision on remand, if it had gone to a full hearing and a decision by the commission, which it didn't, would the commission under that language have had the authority to revisit the length of the amortization period and the extent to which uh, a return was uh, uh, should be allowed on the unamortized balance? Uh, potentially so, Justice Irvin, but I don't know uh, that uh, they could have done so without, uh, again, providing a reasoned basis ex for their departure from the previous five-year amortization and the rate of return. And the rate of return here is, per is particularly critical because these are costs incurred to address uh, coal combustion residual issues at plants that have provided service uh, for many years uh, in, a, in an efficient and cost-effective way. They've previously been held by the commission in the Dominion 2016 cases, case and in the, in the two Duke cases as, as used and uh, useful, and therefore uh, supporting a rate of return during the amortization period. But again, this opinion by the commission was an abrupt departure from that and, and it did did that in a way that did not even refer to the previous Duke decisions and can and explain the deviation. So for those reasons, we would submit, Your Honor, that it's an arbitrary and capricious decision. As I've said, the, 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 let me try to make three points as to why the decision is arbitrary and capricious. First, utility costs that are prudently incurred 
for an identical purpose should be treated the same way, absent specific acts and uh, facts and ex and a and a and a reasoned decision as to why they should be treated differently. From Dominion's viewpoint, that's not present in the in the commission's 2020 order. Um, second, the commission failed to explain why a five-year amortization period no longer benefited ratepayers. Um, in 2016, the commission said a five-year amortization period for Dominion's coal ash costs was beneficial to the company and a benefit to ratepayers. But here, the commission doubled that period without explanation um, and simply said, well, that's now a reasonable balance when in 2016 it wasn't a reasonable balance, but again, failed to, in our view, provide a reasoned explanation for, for why the doubling of the amortization period was necessary to achieve that. And as Chief Justice Newby has observed in his Stein opinion, uh, when, when rate making doesn't allow the utility to recoup its reasonable costs, uh, that jeopardizes its financial strength and, and ultimately results in higher rates for ratepayers and can undermine the utility's quality of service. Uh, third, Your Honor, the Commission provided no reasoned explanation for why denying a return on Dominion's unamortized balance was now just and reasonable when allowing a return to be earned had been just and reasonable for Dominion in 2016 and for Duke Energy in 2018. Uh, and the, the reasons given there were, were the historic coal ash practices and management that Dominion had followed, which had not changed. The evidence had not changed significantly from 2016 to 2020. Simply the size of the costs, which, which we submit is not a principal basis to treat costs differently if they're uh, prudently in, incurred and in reasonable amounts, the mere si size of the cost does not justify different treatment. And then, and then the used and useful issue, which again, historically, these co CCR costs had been treated as used and useful in 2016 and in both of the Duke orders. Uh, those are what we would point to, to uh, as, as exemplifying why this uh, order is arbitrary and capricious. Um, before I forget, Your Honor, on the equitable sharing point, I'd also argue that if sharing is to be equitable, it needs to be equitable, not just in a specific case, but across utilities. Utilities should be treated similarly to their peers. And if, and if there is a concept of equitable sharing to be adopted by the commission, it ought to include that dimension of equity as well. Uh, I wanna save my rebuttal time. So let me conclude uh, by just saying again, predictability and consistency are essential to maintain a stable, harmonious relationship between the utility and the commission and to honor the regulatory compact. Abrupt deviations from past practice and precedent destabilize that, destabilize that relationship and jeopardize the compact. Here, the commission deviated from its template and the precedent it had adopted in the 2016 Dominion case and the two Duke cases in 2018. It failed to justify or explain that deviation. The court should reverse and modify the order to follow the commission's own template and afford Dominion the same five-year amortization period and rate of return that the 2016 order specified. Thank you. Thank you, counsel. We'll hear from the FLE. May it please the court. My name is Nadia Lure, appearing on behalf of the public staff, North Carolina Utilities Commission. This appeal is about the commission's authority to set just and reasonable rates. 
Dominion argues that it was entitled to the same rate making treatment established in three prior rate cases. But the commission is not bound by its past decisions when it sets rates. It only needs to provide a reasoned explanation for its decision based on the record in the instant case and it has done so here. This court should uphold the commission's decision for two main reasons. First, because the commission properly exercised its authority under section 62-133D of the Public Utilities Act. And second, because Dominion was not entitled to rely upon the rate making treatment adopted by the commission in its prior decisions. And before I begin, I wanna address one point made by Mr. Cutro in his argument. Um, and he, he says that the appellant wants consistency um, in its treatment of costs. Um, and that is really asking for stare decisis, which as Justice Earls pointed out, um, does not apply to the commission when it's acting in its legislative capacity. So turning to my first point, the commission properly exercised its authority under section 62-133D. And here the commission determined that it was necessary to use this portion of the statute to consider other material facts in order to set just and reasonable rates. And the commission based its decision on its past treatment of large extraordinary costs, Dominion's history of coal ash management, um, the matching principle, which states that current and future ratepayers should not be burdened by the costs of past electricity generation, and Dominion's failure to seek recovery of decommissioning costs prior to the present rate case. And in order to support its decision, the commission cited extensively to the evidence in the record, which um, has in fact grown since the 2015 case to include new evidence of environmental violations post-2016 and um, in addition, additional historical records having to do with Dominion's past coal ash management. Um, and I can quote um, a couple of places from the commission's order that show that it considered a lot of this evidence and laid it out in its order. Um, for example, the commission stated on page 132 of its order that, um, and I believe Mr. Cutro quoted this as well, a number of material facts and evidence call into question the prudence of Dominion's actions and inaction and the risks accepted by Dominion management at several of its coal ash sites. And here the commission summarized a number of items from evidence um, that provided evidence of deficiencies and environmental impact. Um, Ms. Lurie, if I understood Mr. Cutro's argument correctly, and I, if, he, if I didn't, he's got some rebuttal time to correct me. Uh, his argument on this point, I understood to be, well, they said it was called into question, but they didn't actually find that any imprudence occurred, and therefore it was uh, not a valid basis for the commission's decision in this case. I mean, what, what's your response to that argument? Yes, that is that is appellant's argument, and um, it's important here to to note the distinction between a prudence review and the commission's discretion under section 133D. The commission here did, in fact, find all of the coal ash costs at issue to be prudently incurred. Um, however, it also took into account all of this evidence of Dominion's past coal ash management 
and their environmental records in order to um, to consider other material facts in the record, which is its authority under section 133 D. And, and Dominion does argue that um, the commission attempted to replace the prudence framework um, by considering these other facts. But as this court has held, um, even if costs are prudently incurred, the commission can still diverge from its usual rate making standards and consider other facts in order to um, establish just and reasonable rates. And the commission has done this in the past. It actually laid out several instances in its order um, dealing with manufactured gas plants and nuclear abandonment um, losses. And that in, in those situations, those costs were found to be prudently incurred and yet the commission um, denied a return. And it did so using its authority under section 62-133D. And in fact, this um, court recently in, in the Stein case um, did confirm that the commission has that authority. Um, and so, um, and I can, so the commission implemented this, um, this reasonable balancing of, of costs between ratepayers and shareholders using 133 um, by amortizing the cost and denying a return. Um, and that is within its discretion and in line with this court recent holding in Stein. As long as the so, so it seems to me that the the argument um, that DENC is making is uh, that you know arbitrary and capricious uh, is when the commission departs from the way it has treated um, a situation in the past and treats that same situation differently. Uh, is that a proper uh, definition or explanation of arbitrary capricious? And if not, what would yours be? Your Honor, I don't believe it is. Um, in, the context, in the context of the commission's decisions, a decision would be arbitrary and capricious if um, in review of the entire record before the commission in the present case, its decision lacks fair and capable consideration or fails to display a reason. Um, using the arbitrary and capricious standard to say that each case must be decided the same as the case before it, particularly where the commission is acting in a legislative capacity, um, um, is simply not the case. And so here, the commission provided a carefully considered and reasoned explanation for its decision in the present case, and that is what is required under the arbitrary standard. Um, it explains. So, so where would you point us in the record to the commission acknowledging the way that it not just treated this ratepayer? Uh, or excuse me, this utility, but also um, where it specifically referenced the two uh, Duke Energy cases. Your Honor, the the commission's order did not specifically reference the 2017 cases, and it was not required. The commission provided a clear explanation for its decision in the present case. 
and that is sufficient for it to um, adopt a different treatment of coal ash costs in this case. Um, so where would you point us? In the record or in the order? So the, the order itself does not, the order does not distinguish between the 2017 Duke cases and the present um, Dominion rate case. Is, is, there, is there any decision of this court that requires the commission to make findings about the reasons that it did not do the same thing in case A that it did in case B? No, Your Honor. There, there is no case law I'm aware of that, that requires the commission to expressly distinguish between cases in that way. What, what are the findings that the commission is required to make, at least in the public staff's view? Well, the commission um, is required to make findings um, in the pre based on the present case, um, supported by competent material substantial evidence in the present case on the issues before it. Um, it, it here it has chosen to discuss explicitly the 2016 Dominion case. Um, because um, likely because it's the same utility and dealing with a lot of the same quality costs and part of the same record. Um, but there is um, there is no requirement to expressly distinguish other rate cases, particularly because um, stare decisis simply does not apply to commission rate making. What did what did the commission say was its justification for the uh, if anything for the uh, decision to adopt a longer amortization period and to deny Dominion's request to earn a return on the unamortized balance? The commission laid out um, four specific material factors that it considered in addition to the rest of the record. And those were, um, number one, it's past treatment of large extraordinary costs. And this is where it discusses the past manufactured gas plant cases and nuclear abandonment cases. Um, and second, it discussed Dominion's history of coal ash management, um, which as we've discussed, it found to be um, questionable and yet found it to be um, prudent in terms of its findings. Um, it discussed the matching principle, which um, provides that current and future ratepayers should not be burdened with past electricity generation and Dominion's failure to seek recovery of decommissioning costs in prior rate cases. And so it based its decision on these material facts in the record and discussed um, these facts by citing to the evidence in the record. Um, and as long as the commission's decision is supported by competent material and substantial evidence, it must be upheld. Three out of those four that you just mentioned uh, deal with, in my view, costs. And this term of art uh, prudently incurred uh, sounds as though on one hand, as a term of art, it's general enough to capture a lot. But by the same token, it sounds like it's sufficiently vague so as to allow there to be some range of consistency in terms of what is deemed to be prudently incurred. Uh, is that term for our purposes as a court 
deemed to have certain levels of demarcation said another way does prudently incurred mean any entity that is deemed to have had prudently incurred costs treated the same way specifically or are there ranges of consistency within which one can be deemed to have uh, been uh, incurring prudently incurred costs as, as a measure for discretion of the commission? I believe I understand your question. Please let me know if I'm I'm answering something different. But if a utility's costs are found to be prudently incurred under the ordinary rate making standards in 62-133B, those are recoverable with a return. Um, and so what we're looking at here is um, these costs were found to be prudently incurred. Um, and yet the commission in considering other material facts chose to use its discretion under 62-133D to um, amortize these costs and deny a return um, in order to establish just and reasonable rates. And so when the commission determines in its judgment that the ordinary rate making standards under which prudently incurred costs would earn a return, um, is not sufficient to establish just and reasonable rates for both shareholders and ratepayers. That's when it shifts to use 133D. I was probably trying to uh, be too flowery and was uh, stumbling in in doing so. Uh, are there levels of prudency such that there are opportunities for the commission to say, while a provider is prudently incurring costs? perhaps not as prudently as somebody else. No, Your Honor. In terms of making a distinction between five years and 10 years or some other period of time. No, Your Honor, the, the prudency standard is pretty black and white. Costs are either prudently incurred or not. Okay, thank you. And so- Let, um, let me jump in just for a second. Um, with regard to um, the coal ash or the, the coal plants, um, were they used and useful? Were that, was that a finding that they were used and useful? The commission in the, in the present case did not reach a finding as to whether or not the costs were used and useful because it shifted to its use of section 62-133D. And such a finding is not necessary under that court. It, it, th there were certainly past cases um, where the uh, uh, coal ash plants, including how do you deal with the residuals, uh, were determined to be used and useful, correct? Yes, that is correct. I believe that the two cases. So, um, with regard to the natural gas and the um, uh, nuclear energy plants uh, that uh, they're being compared to here, uh, those uh, large extraordinary expenses uh, were not deemed used and useful. Is that correct? Or the, the plants, the, the, the part of the nuclear plant that was, quote, overbuilt or was never used 
uh, that was not deemed to be used and useful. I believe that's correct, Your Honor. Um, is there uh, a way that uh, the court should uh, look at an explanation with regard to uh, past extraordinary expenses, as you've indicated under number uh, one of your four parts? Uh, does the court have a role to determine that the uh, analysis provided by the uh, Utilities Commission is uh, uh, kind of comparing apples to oranges, where you've got certain uh, uh, plants that were used and useful and now has been uh, decommissioned versus uh, other large extraordinary expenses where uh, there was an idea of building something, but it never resulted in the production of electricity. Well, Your Honor, I would agree that a lot of these cases are comparing oranges, and that's that's precisely why the commission makes each decision in each rate case based on the, the evidence in that case. Um, the it is the commission's um, role to evaluate evidence and um, make decisions on the cost in each case, and so. When it looks back to these past cases, it's not doing so in the strict terms of looking at precedent. Rather, it is using these past cases as a guide to um, provide it with examples of how it's treated costs. And so here, I believe the commission said in its order that, and I can quote, it says, the commission finds instructive the cases addressing environmental remediation costs associated with manufactured gas plants and cancellation costs associated with nuclear generating facilities. So it finds these cases instructive rather than um, trying to directly compare the fact of each case. Ms. Ms. Lord, just to, to follow up on some of the questions that my colleagues have asked, at least my understanding is that in this instance, we're talking about uh, polash related costs that were incurred over a multi-year period. Is that right? That is right, Your Honor. These these costs um, were a result of um, remediation efforts taken from like two thousand seventeen to two thousand nineteen. If I'm remembering the record correctly. Oh, I apologize. Yes, the the costs in the current case, the coal ash costs, were incurred between twenty sixteen and twenty nineteen. Yeah. And some of those costs, under traditional rate making principles, would be thought of as operating expenses. Yes, Your Honor, and in fact, in its order, the commission referenced testimony um, from a Dominion witness in which he estimated that approximately 98% of the costs in this case were operating expenses. Uh, at least as I've always understood the rate-making process, the concept of used and useful only applied to invested capital, not to operating expenses. Is that understanding correct or not um the yes so the used and useful would apply property and so the utility here would have had a choice of trying to recover these costs or, or asking they would have had a choice this time but to ask the commission to do 
uh, to either recur them according to the traditional rate making formula, in which case operating expenses incurred within the test period used in the case uh, were reasonably prudent, and if so, they needed to be recouped in rates. And secondly, what were the uh, what was the amount of invested capital that the profit that the company had in used and useful property as of the end of the test period on which they could earn a recovery, you would earn a return. You would multiply the invested capital by the return, add the uh, operating expenses to it, and get the overall revenue requirement. That's one way. The the way that the commission dealt with these costs didn't go that route. It went the 133D route, as I understand it. Is that right? That's correct. It went the 133D route, and a, a complicating factor here is that these costs were, were deferred. They received a deferral treatment by the commission, um, and and so and that's something that the commission can do within its authority for large and extraordinary costs. And so when the when these costs were placed in a deferral account, um, that also played a role in how the how the commission treated them. But if you looked at the if you looked at these costs in terms of traditional rate making categories, used and useful is a concept that would have only applied to a small portion of them. That is correct, Your Honor. Yes, not about two percent, not to all of them, right? Yes, that is correct. Yes, uh, the the vast majority of these costs were were um, operating expenses. Considering the 2016 five year period that was allowed and the 2018 period of five years that was allowed, what would be your response to Mr. Cutro's position as he opened his argument with the fact that consistency and predictability would be disrupted if the commission was allowed to prevail in this case? Your Honor, this the argument that um, Dominion was in, entitled to rely upon these past cases for consistency um, is, is simply another way of getting at stare decisis. And that it's very important that the commission in its discretion um, review each case on the facts before it in that case. Um, it explained that the 2016 case had far less extensive evidence um, mainly because of the stipulation entered into between Dominion and the public staff, um, and that the issues um, in front of us now were not fully litigated in that case. And so there wasn't a significant evidentiary record to examine. Um, the, this idea of regulatory certainty, there is, there is always a risk that a utility will not recover its costs. And Dominion cannot, or any utility cannot incur costs Assuming that it will recover them with a return. That's that's simply not the way the statute is designed to operate. Um, the commission has the authority under section 62-133D to consider other facts of record to set just and reasonable rate. Um, and and because it's acting in a legislative function, it is not bound by its past decisions. Um, and furthermore, these costs that were incurred. Um, these coal ash costs at issue, these were incurred in order to comply with a federal law. The federal coal combustion residuals rule required the remediation and closure of these coal ash impoundments. Um, these costs were incurred in order to comply with that law. Um, it, it simply, um, the, this argument 
dealing with consistency is just another way of getting us started to cyclists, which does you, not apply. You don't, you don't contend, do you, that, that consistency is irrelevant or that certainty is unimportant, do you? Absolutely not. And the so how, how, you know, under your view of the law, how does the uh, commission, how, how does the commission appropriately take the need for consistency and certainty into account in its orders? It, it considers them as, as a, an important factor. And I believe here in the commission's um, decision on reconsideration, it explained that while regulatory certainty is an important factor in its decision-making process, um, it has to also consider other factors um, necessary to establish just and reasonable rates. So what, what, should, what should a reviewing court like us look to to uh, in, a, in evaluating the lawfulness of the commission order in order to determine whether uh, the necessary and appropriate weight was given to considerations of consistency and certainty? Your Honor, the, the court um, looks at whether the commission's decision is supported by competent material and substantial evidence in the current record in the case before it. Um, and whether the commission provided a reasoned explanation based on that evidence for its decision. If those, if those standards are met, then the courts, the commission's decision must be upheld. Um, the commission was entrusted by the legislature to weigh the strength of the evidence in each case. Um, it has the expertise in rate making that makes it uniquely, uniquely qualified to make these decisions. Um, and it's, it's discretion and rate making must be preserved. This is the authority given to the commission by the legislature and the courts um, cannot uh, reverse a decision because they would have made a different, different decision. Um, the commission's order was based on competent material and substantial evidence and it therefore must be upheld. And expanding on what uh, Justice Irvin just said about uh, direction for our court in reviewing this commission uh, decision here, uh, where should we draw the line as a court between what you've invoked numerous times in terms of the right of the commission to consider, quote, other factors, unquote, and uh, what opposing counsel says about not having these unfenced ranging fields uh, over which uh, an entity such as the commission can roam in terms of considering other factors? Yes, Your Honor. So this, um, this standard of, and I believe this court recently discussed this in the Stein decision, but the, um, the fact that the commission cannot roam, I believe it's in unfenced fields, um, when it uses 133D, that refers to the fact that if the commission is able to set just and reasonable rates using the ordinary rate making standards, then it must do so. Um, however, when, as in this case, the commission determined that it required, um, that it, it needed to use 133D in order to set just and reasonable rates, that is when the commission has the authority to do so. Um, and that, that, is, that is the line in which it operates um, properly. And so my, my last point that I'll make is that, um, 
when Dominion argues that the commission failed to follow its precedent and that its decision is therefore arbitrary and capricious, it it fails to consider these other cases that the commission has decided where it did in fact um, amortize costs for reasonably incurred costs and deny a return. Um, and um, so this history of sharing prudently incurred costs is very relevant and Dominion seems to simply be um, picking and choosing which cases it would like the commission to follow in the present case. Um, and to summarize, this court should uphold the commission's decision because um, the commission properly exercised its authority under the Public Utilities Act and Dominion was not entitled to rely upon the commission's past rate making treatments. Thank you. Thank you, counsel. Rebuttal. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chief Justice. I'll try to address some of the questions that were raised by the justices and also some of the um, points mentioned by Ms. Lure. Uh, first of all, to answer Justice Morgan's question directly, I think the prudency analysis is binary. It's a yes or no. And all of Dominion's costs that we seek to recover here were found to be prudent. We think that's important. And in fact, if I can just point to a couple of uh, uh, findings in the commission's order, uh, uh, the commission gives, and this is at page 204 of the record, the commission gives significant weight to these demonstrations of the company's forward thinking and prudence in its CCR management practices. And then on the same page, in addition, there is substantial evidence regarding DENC's compliance with legal requirements for handling and storing CCRs that tends to show that DENC was attentive to the applicable legal standards of the day, as well as evolving standards. So we think that the evidence actually, as the commission itself recognized, demonstrates that the costs Dominion seeks to recover here were prudently incurred and would ordinarily be recoverable uh, and with a rate of return. The examples that were mentioned, and I believe Chief Justice Newby raised these, that the, that the commission used to sort of justify its change in treatment of Dominion's CCR costs were the, were the uh, closed or inoperative nuclear plants and the manufactured gas plants where there were significant environmental externalities that had, had to later be remediated. Both of those had previously been, been considered in the 2016 rate making and deemed to be not analogous and inapt as comparisons in 2016. So that's why from Dominion's viewpoint, it's, it's, it's arbitrary for the commission to reverse that and say, oh, now we believe that these are relevant considerations. Um, and. Can I just ask you if 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 we are if we if we agree uh, agree with you that that is our that any time the commission departs in a new case from what it did in a prior case it's arbitrary and capricious uh, are we not sort of freezing in place um, an approach that we've already said the commission has discretion over whether or not it wants to follow that's that's not what we're asking Justice Earls. We are asking that when in a specific instance here where there is a, a, first of all, we're dealing with the same problem across similar cases, which is recovery of CCR costs. And there is this uh, series of rate making uh, decisions that, that the commission be required uh, and, and expected to treat those in a consistent manner. If it is going to change its rate making policy, it needs to do so explicitly. 
and to offer a reasoned and evidentiary evidence supported way to do that or reason for doing so and to address its past practices and here the commission's order simply ignored the predecessor duke cases and didn't didn't even address the fact that that it had handled those differently um, it, it reversed its position on a number of important factors including the 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 nuclear plant argument that i just mentioned uh, including the used and useful categorization and to justice Irvin's point um, I'm not sure that these recover costs that Dominion seeks to recover are in fact categorizable properly as, as operating expenses because they were dealing with historic coal ash that the utility believed according to uh, uh, past practice and regulation had been had been adequately impounded and treated because of the change in the law. There were new expectations that it had to meet, and that that was ultimately one that required uh, capital investment and generated these. Put, put, it, put another way, what takes these costs out of the traditional rate making categories in 62-133B was the uh, successful request that they be uh, deferred and amortized over some period of time, right? And that's, and that's the that's, key difference that's, between these costs and others, isn't it? That's correct, Your Honor, and that's exactly the approach that Dominion had taken in 2016, which is again one of the reasons why this decision of the Commission in 2018 uh, was uh, unexpected and, from again the utilities viewpoint, uh, capricious and arbitrary. Um, Council, I, I don't mean to uh, take you away from from where you were going in in, uh, um, in this portion of your argument, but uh, you, you've argued that the commission's action here is uh, arbitrary and capricious. Uh, you reference in your brief due process concerns under Article One, Section Nineteen of the state constitution, uh, and you've argued that um, uh, you've been your client's been treated differently. Uh, in that your client's been uh, deprived of returns that are due to them. Uh, although not specifically referenced uh, in your argument, uh, it seems that Article 1, Section 1's uh, fruits of their own labor clause sort of runs through uh, your argument. Uh, would, there, would an arbitrary and capricious deprivation here potentially violate the fruits of their own labor clause? Potentially it would, Your Honor, and you're you're right. We also make uh, an equal protection argument in the brief, and I don't mean to undermine that today by focusing on some of the more granular arguments about the co commission. But I think those two constitutional provisions are a national natural extension of the arbitrary and capricious arguments that we're making here today, because Dominion has been treated differently not only than it has been in the past, but from the other utilities. Uh, that have been subject to the same rate making process and and that is going to work a significant injury potentially on Dominion uh, extrapolated out over the next uh, uh, decade or so uh, tens of millions of dollars uh, will will be the difference that this makes um, to to Dominion uh, I also uh, wanted to to just emphasize the commission has discretion, but discretion does not extend to abrupt and unexplained changes that disallow prudently incurred costs and, and simply fail to address commission decisions that treat other utilities better on factual records that are worse objectively. 
in terms of environmental violations and past uh, coal ash management. So I hope that's responsive to your question, Justice Berger. Thank you. And I'm, I'm happy to answer questions from any other of the justices, but it looks like my time is just about gone. So with that, I'll thank the court for your time and attention. Thank you, counsel. Madam Clerk. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. The Supreme Court of North Carolina will be in recess for 15 minutes. God save the state and this honorable court. Thank you, counsel.